Welcome to the Play On Podcast, your fortnightly football fix. My name is Ash. I'll be your host for this episode. Um, Ben's currently away, um, but we have two guests as well as our regulars in Cal and Ryan present. You can catch us on our Instagram page, which is Play On, is podcast um, at Play On. Um, and you can also catch us at the Beer, Beer Rap and Bant page. So first and foremost, Cal, how are you doing today? Very good, sir. How you doing yourself, Ash? Yeah, good, man. Like, the weather's lovely. It was really bad for a couple of days, but, like, I'm looking out the window now and it's quite nice. So it's definitely, like, picked up my spirits. So, yeah, how are you? Yeah, always love it when it's a sunny day. I've got a, a south-facing balcony here, so lots of sunshine. Um, yeah, feeling good. Jeez, you, you're techie on a south-facing, you know? All right, all right. Is that how the, the estate agent pitches to you, yeah? <laughs> That's the same. Come on, man. South, you don't know what. Okay. That's that proper sell. And on oh, this side... And Ryan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm very well, thanks. I'm currently uh, into f- fruit. Into fruit, okay. I'm into what fruit heavy, man. But okay. the fruit that fruit that you can't grow in in, in the UK basically. Jeez. I'm into papaya, I'm into passion fruit, star right. fruit. Just just fruit. Star fruit. Right, that's what, 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 whatever I can get my hands on, man, I'm eating it. That sounds kind of mad. But, yeah, <laughs> <get the gist. laughs> to be fair, you prefixed it with fruit. Yeah, you said we're, fruit. We're, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Like, man's eating a peach, yeah? <laughs> no, <I'm cute>. <laughs> <laughs> Grease! Oh, wrong pod. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so, yeah, we have two guests with us, but I'm going to hand over to Cal first because you want to give them their, their full introduction, right? Life unit! Jeez! Come on. We have Manny and Nate from Life Unit back for their second appearance on the pod. We'll start with Nate. Nate, how you doing today, bro? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thanks, Ashman. All good. As you said, sun shining, birds singing, top of the league. You know, can't complain. Can't complain. Okay. I was going to, well, we were, well, yeah, let's start there. So can you tell us your team and can you tell us maybe three words that kind of describe your season at the moment? Cool. My team, as you know, United, Man United. And three words to describe the season. I'll say make a statement. I think it's, I think it's time now. I think... We've been very streaky with form, like looking really good and then looking bad and then picking out the bag again. But look, Liverpool at Anfield, their team absolutely demolished. No centre-backs, three points in the lead. Got to make a statement now. It's time. Let's see what let's see what we can actually do now. Let's see what we can actually do. Bullish. OK, OK. And um, heading over to Manny. So, Manny, please state your team and three words to describe your season. Sure. Please. Obviously, you know, um, Arsenal, man. Uh, Thick and through. I don't really know why I'm saying it that way because, you know, the season is is, is uh, uh, has been mad. I think three words to describe Arsenal is um stress, 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 <laughs> stress, man. What is what Arsenal knows is a stressful relationship. I'm tired. I want a freaking divorce, but I can't. So just roll with it. You know what I mean? Roll with it. Well, she, well, she keeps she keeps pulling you back in, yeah. She is, man. She keeps back. In. <laughs> She's finding it, so I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me let me, let me just stay one more night. Then you wake <laughs> <stress> again. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, as always, you can hear our podcast on all platforms. Um, please subscribe, 
listen, give us feedback. We always love to kind of hear that. Um, so very quickly, looking at the Corona 11, there's no notable additions um, this this um, week. Um, a couple of games have been kind of cancelled and been put off because of that. Um, so we've had the Aston Villa, they've had a couple of games moved recently. Um, there was also like some FA Cup games that kind of got cancelled um, recently. But as we always say, please, 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 if you or anyone that you know has corona, we wish you all the best. We hope that everyone kind of gets well. Um, actually, sorry, there's um, a former guest that we had on, Fergus. His wife was actually admitted to hospital yesterday with mm-hmm. coronavirus symptoms as well. So wishing him all the best and the recovery for her as well. So, yeah, we're now going to jump into the title race. And, Nate, I'm going to start with you. So you, like, your three words were make a statement because you think it's now time for United to make a statement. So let me get this right. Are you in the title race, categorically, yes or no? I think we might have just lost Nathan. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back. Cool. All right. So, Manny, I hand over to you. Man United, he said make a statement. Are Man United in the title race? Do you know what, yeah? I feel like if if you're looking at the table, then obviously the answer is yes. But I think... I would also say no, just because of the state of the Premier League and, and and how it changes literally like week by week. I mean, it was only two weeks ago, everybody was screaming, you know, the likes of Chelsea were, you know, in the title race. And a few weeks back, the likes of Tottenham were, were you know, were, you know, um, in the race. So I think you can say yes, but it's one of the ones where, the Prem is just so crazy. Like, it's just so nuts right now. In two weeks' time, we could be we could be talking about Leicester or we could be talking about Everton again. So, so I think we have to see what happens um, this afternoon and the following game. And I think that will and that will give us a lot of information to see whether United are in the race or if it's just a case where they will just be top, you know, for, for like a week or so. Okay, I get yeah. you. Okay, Nate, you back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. amazing. Apologies. So, yeah, the question that I asked um, Manny was, are United in the title race? I'm now going to ask you that same question, but with a slight caveat. If you were to lose okay, today, okay. would that knock you out of the title race? Mm. I, again, I think it's a mad season, to be honest. I, I, I think even if we lost this game, it's still too early to say who's actually in the race for the title, just because we're literally halfway through. I think if you go back to previous times where you've looked at the table halfway through the season, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably see some mad teams near the top, right? Um, I think you can really start talking about title contenders when you're at that 26, 27, 28 game mark, 10 games left, and who's in and around the table. Because if we're talking about title contenders, I think Leicester are a title contender. Southampton potentially our title contender. It's still, it's still very early to call. I just think it's probably the most positive situation we've been in for a very long time to be top of the table coming into January or towards the end of January. So, yeah, still pretty open for me. I, I still think the title race is, is open and no, you can't really call it. But today will be a mass, as I said, today will be a massive statement if we were to win it. A huge statement. Okay. I'm going to ask everyone on the call a question, which wasn't probably planned, okay. but... I've just, I've just, I'm freestyling this. With things as they are at the current state of play, who would you say are the favourites for the title right now? 
Ooh. Okay. So I'll All start right. with, I'll tell you what, I want to start with Ryan. Ryan, who's the fa- who would you say are the favourites for the title right now? Uh, the favourite for the title right now, in my opinion, would be Liverpool. Um, just because they have so much firepower when everyone's fit. And they're three points behind Man United currently. And their players will be back from injury. And I think that when that happens, they'll, they'll press on. Okay. Okay. Chow, who are your favourites for, champ- for the title right now? Yeah, I think you can't really look past Liverpool. I mean, Man City are improving, but currently fourth in the league. Um, I know Man U are top of the table, but it's Liverpool that have that, you know, just that incredible amount of firepower with Mane, Salah, and Firmino's actually started scoring goals in 2020. And, you know, maybe he's going to continue scoring in 2021. And then you've got Jota as well, who looks great. And I don't know, I just feel like the other teams are maybe a little bit out of sorts. Martial's been a bit out of sorts with his goals. Um, Aguero's been injured. Um, Jesus has, has been in and out, not really scoring goals. Sterling, come on, he missed a penalty the other day. Like, I, I just feel like Liverpool are probably nailed on odds-on favourites still. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny, talk to me. Who's the who's your favourites for the title? Do you know what? I would I, w- I would say if I could say two, if I could say I, I know you know a bit of a greedy, but I would I probably say just as you know, Carl and Random said is I think Liverpool. I think purely just because. They've they've still been able to maintain this fine form with no Van Dyke at all, and as you know, and, and that's a ma- I mean the guy you know you have the likes of uh, Fabinho playing the back for you know how many games now, and they're still and they're only you know three points shy of the top of the league or whatnot. But I also think um, City as well because I mean you know Cal kind of just touched on it, but City have been playing this season with no striker whatsoever. And they've just found that rich form now and they're clicking together. I'm sure you guys watched the game when they played um, uh, last week when they when they played Chelsea and they dismantled them again mm. with no striker. It was just... So, I think those two still are, are always, you know, going to be the favourites because of, you know, you know what they can do minus the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think Liverpool and City for me. Cool. Nate, over to you. Who's your favourite for the title? I would say, I would say City, um, just because they're starting to really get it together with Aguero still being out as well. So when he's back, I think they're going to even be more on song. I think mm. people, the players that have stepped up have been phenomenal over the past few games. Stones is look, looking phenomenal next to Diaz. Um, I think Bernardo Silva's coming back into the fold. That strength and depth mm. in the midfield. Um, Foden's come in been, been blinding for the last two games I think the depth that they've got means and the fact that they're not suffering from the injuries Liverpool have been means for me they're probably just the favourites over Liverpool I don't think any other championship winning team has suffered the same injury problems that Liverpool have it's been ridiculous as much as I don't like them I have to be honest Like the injuries they've suffered have been outrageous and they're still you know, about to top mm-hmm. Um but I'll say I'll say City just because they haven't experienced it and they're looking good and strength for depth. And I'll say Dark Horses. I know people will just will just laugh at this, but I think Dark Horses. I'll say I'll say Spurs. You know, um, I know it's like nah, come on, the way Jose is playing and stuff like that. But because of how crazy the season is, mm-hmm. I think if I could have any manager in charge of my team, um, based on who can take advantage of certain situations, manage their like the political games and mind games, 
and the whole Corona thing, I would I would take Jose and and Kane and Son are just taking the absolute mick as well. When you have got those two firing, you beat anyone on the day. So yeah, I'll say City, Liverpool, um, City over Liverpool, but then dark horses, Spurs maybe. Okay. Okay, I've actually shifted. So initially, I said Liverpool, but I think City are now my pick. I mm. think their 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 defense is just immaculate. I think Diaz has been an exceptional buy. I think Stones has been great. Yeah. I think Rodri, who I was really critical of a few weeks ago, has actually kind of like stepped up and improved. I still don't think he's good enough, but I think he's improved. And I think once they do get the balance right up front, I think they've got enough firepower and they've got a really good run of fixtures, which means they can get a slight kind of gap ahead of everyone else. They're not playing any of the big six for a little while. Whereas I think Liverpool play United today, then they're away to Tottenham in a couple of weeks as well. So I think they're, each team will take points of each other. City will get a lead. And I think once Pep gets a lead, he's really kind of hard to shake from there. But yeah, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, moving on now, we will now look at the league games that kind of took place over the weekend. So it started with a bit of a cracker, actually. Um, the Black Country derby with Wolves 2 um, and West Bromwich Albion 3. Um, Ryan, did you watch the game? What were your thoughts? Um, I watched the game. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting game, and, and West Brom gave a really good account of themselves. Um, it was interesting seeing uh, who's their main man, Pereira, is it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had some chances that he squandered, and I thought you had to take those chances in order to win the game. And the penalty was was uh, it well, it was a silly challenge. To, to give away the third goal that was, turned out to be the winning goal. But um, he took it well. He took it well, especially after he mixed, missed a few chances to kind of get his head screwed on and take, stand up and take the penalty. It was uh, it was good for West Brom. They really needed the win. And Sam Allardyce, um, I think that he might have what it takes to get another team out of a pinch. And it was, uh, it was really good watching. Uh, and also a quick shout out to uh, the Wolves striker. He's only, only 18 years old. What's his name? Fabio Silva. 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 I like him a lot. I like, I like him a lot, lot, man. Good good energy, good goal. Uh, he stepped in front of the defender just to kind of give himself that, that space and slot it in after like a little, uh, a cute little backheeled uh, pass from uh, Bolly. It, uh, mm. it was a good performance from him. And I know he's got the big price tag kind of looming over him. That's 35 million. Mm. And I believe he only played something like 28 games for Porto, maybe 24 mm. games. Mm. So a lot of ex- expectation on this guy's um, shoulders. And yeah, he gave a good account of himself yesterday. So uh, you could want to see what he does from, from there. And you can see where, um, where Wolves are missing him and his. Uh, mm, he was yeah. he was in the, he was in the stands with a massive scar on his head. Yeah. And he's still saying there's Great. no kind of indication of when he's coming back. Um, and, and Wolves really need him. Mm. Yeah, he he changes everything that they kind of do. Um, quality. Yeah, quality. another team that's been down there this season has actually been Brighton, um, mm. and they got a one 0 win away to Leeds. Um, I'm a big kind of I always watch out for Leeds' results due to family supporting them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nate, talk me through that. Like, how did you see that game happening? And is did you think Brighton could get anything from from Ellen Road? To be honest, I I would have said no. I think, but Leeds have been like ah. Uh, one one week they're absolutely amazing, and then and the next week they just get absolutely hammered. And I think it's 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 just testament to the way in which the manager really sets them up. He's he's very brave in terms of going forward. Some games tactically gets it wrong, like the one against United. I think I think with this Brighton game though, I just feel it didn't look like Leeds were really up 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 for it. Um, 
in terms of the way in which Brighton set up, I think it worked in Brighton's advantage. And Brighton's goal was actually a very good goal. Like, mm. If you saw the way they worked it, and then straight across the six-yard box um, to Mope as well, it was a very well-worked goal. And I don't think Potter gets the, the kudos that he deserves. You know, I think he's... I, to be honest, when they got rid of... I think it was Hewton. Did they get rid of yeah. Hewton? Yeah. And then they brought this guy, and I was like, nah, because Hewton, for me, does a very good job with the teams that he manages. And he, then he gets, a, he gets a little bit hard done by when, yeah. when he gets sacked. And I feel it was the same thing for Brighton. But he's come in and he's made Brighton a very decent team. I know they're not in the... Obviously, they're in the lower ends of the table. But they've got players that I really like. I really like Lamptey. I don't know if he's going to mm. stay. Because I really like him. I'll take him any day of the week. I yeah, like he signed a new deal. Way. He signed a new deal today. Oh, really? Yeah. Five-year okay. deal. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I like him. Um, I like the way they set up. I like the way they play. So, yeah, I'm not, not really sh- shots about the result because I expected Leeds to probably win this. But again, mm. the way Leeds have been this season, very consistent. The way Brighton do set up um, in certain games, not the biggest surprise, I would say, um, to nick a 1-0 win. Mm. Yeah, no. It was a it was a good win for them. I think Leeds kind of struggle with three at the back. Whenever a team yes. plays three at the back against them, yes. it's been quite tricky. Um, mm-hmm. Great goal, and a lot of people talk about the pitch, saying, "Oh, the pitch is this, the pitch is that." But it was a lovely kind of well worked goal and a really important one nil win for um, Brighton. Um, another team that won one nil was West Ham. Uh, Mikel Antonio scored early, and with Burnley struggling for, for goals, they weren't able to kind of breach West Ham's. Um, defense. Um, Manny, did you watch the game? And what are you thinking about West Ham, who are very quietly getting about going about their business this season? You know what? I'm about to say it literally. I think that West Ham, man, in particular, I think uh, David David um, Moisey, he's not getting a, uh, the praise that he actually mm-hmm. does deserve. You know, like like you know, um, this time around, I think he's quietly uh, built a very good um, first team. And it seemed to be very well balanced. Um, I think um, the CB, I forgot his name. Uh, Fafana. Suchet? Yeah, exactly. He's been awesome. Absolutely awesome. Oh, not, not um, yeah. Thomas Suchek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the new, the new Fellaini, boy. That guy. <laughs> in the air, boy. <laughs> yeah, like he's solid in the back. And I think, you know, and I think also, I think finally, uh, Moise has been able to find a role for. Antonio that actually works because yeah, you know, he's been he has been you know um, shifted around that you know sometimes you know um, left back left mid uh, wing back all all over the place and now we can see like you know what um, up top <laughs> he is a problem you know to me he's a much better ver- and you know this may sound a bit harsh I'm sorry but he's a much better version of a Heskey you know strong physical. But he can, but he can score some very, very important goals, and I think, and I think, and I think, honestly, I think that West Ham have definitely now started to just, you know, climb up the league table and do really well. I think um, Burnley, they are Burnley. Unfortunately for me, I feel as if they, they haven't really um, invested enough, and you can, mm. and, do you know what I mean? Like you can really see it. They don't have that many um, ideas on the pitch. Um, unfortunately, um, they are more suited for teams that are less physical because they know that they can just, you know, hit it in the box. And, th- and they've got some massive, massive players. And, but again, coming against, you know, to West Ham, that just couldn't work because West Ham are also of that type of calibre as well in terms of their height as well. So, yeah, I think 
Burnley just didn't, you know, have a chance, honestly. And, um, yeah, I thought with um, Sean Dyke, I feel like he's been able to take them as far as he can go. I can't see him going, you know, any further without a decent amount of investment, which I don't see that happening. Mm. In, um, so. they, got, they got new owners now, haven't they? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 for Burnley, I feel like um, they'll definitely, you know, have enough to stay um, this season. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think the future is right for them. Just a yeah, quick... Well, on, okay. Go on, go on, Ryan. No, no, nothing good has come to Burnley since the White Lives Matter banner flew over the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, for real. Not for real. Though. Nah, nah, I respect it. My my question is, and this is just a really quick point, anyone can pick it up. Does Sean Dyche have enough to go to a a club at a higher level? So, for instance, does he go to, say, like um, like an Everton or, like, for instance, if Brendan Rodgers moves on, would someone like Leicester look at someone like Sean Dyche or do you think Burnley is his level? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sorry, but... Sean Dyke, that is his level. And I mean, mm. no disrespect, but throughout the years of him um, being the Prem, he hasn't showed me in terms of his, you know, in terms of his, um, you know, creativity side, you know, when it comes to football, you know, he doesn't really have uh, a footballing, um, you know, pattern or theme that's going to, you know, interest the fans. Mm. Uh, um, tactically as well, I don't see him offering much. Uh, it seems to be the same so, you know 442 4 exactly <laughs> I mean and you know what's funny because you think about it you remember so Burnley have you know um, Aaron uh, Leonard um, you know um, on their books yeah. and yeah. he doesn't use him and, for and me, Neil to be honest you've got McNeil and Lennon you could put McNeil Lennon 4-3-3 cheeky 4-3-3 exactly. like that tells me a lot you know you have natural pacey you know um, you know average you know uh, wingers and you don't use them you know mm-hmm. you want that 4-4-2 rigid so and I, yeah. I, I can't see him getting any big job in the prim okay. I think it's very similar to um, Tony Pulis right like if you had asked that yeah. question that said yeah. Tony Pulis I would be like nah just because yeah. of the type of manager he is he will get he's effective but would you want him if you were a Leicester owner would you want him to replace yeah. nah for real nah I hear that I hear that it does yeah it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense um we had another 1-0 win and this time in the West London derby between Fulham and Chelsea um Chelsea yeah Chelsea really needed three points um Ryan as our resident blue how did you feel after how did you feel after that three points um, I feel how I felt this whole season. We are not playing well enough. Now, I said at the beginning of the season, we've, we've, we've signed Werner, Ziyech, Havertz, um, Thiago Silva. We've signed some big name players. Great. Yeah. Um, we've got a strong midfield, Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, Mount. We've, we've got everything. All the elements are in place. We've got Chilwa at left back replacing uh, Alonso, who was a bit of a mess. And we've got Reese James coming in at right back replacing Cesar Azpilicueta, who's aging. Yeah. And we've got Kepa, who's struggling, replaced by Mendy. Yeah. The team is where it should be. I've got everyone telling me that on paper we are a title contender. And it just hasn't come together. And when the team has, when a team like that can't come together, you look at the manager. Mm-hmm. And Frank, it was it was kind of a continuation of that 
with the game against Fulham. Now, at the beginning of the season, I said that Fulham have no place in this league because of the way they were losing. They were losing how Sheffield United have been losing. Mm-hmm. That Fulham have signed some good players in Loftus Cheek from us, uh, Adam yeah. Lookman. Mm. Um, they've got uh, another guy with a hyphen name. I can't remember his name. Uh, Reed, Donnie Reed. Then Donker Reed. Yeah. Yeah, but they've they've signed some good good players, and Scott Parker has shown that he has uh, knowledge there. He's showing his his, his managerial skills now, and Reed. Fulham have had a tough run of games, but they are definitely playing really well, and they played well against us again. They went down to ten men at half time, so forty five minutes ish. Uh, a, 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 well, a reckless challenge on as per the quitter mm. means they lose a man and we look like we couldn't really take advantage of that mm. and the goal from Mason Mount which came in the 78th minute or something like that was really scrappy and we, we looked like we was kind of the, the relief to kind mm. of go go one up against Fulham which again, like, although I've heaped a bunch of praise on them they're still Fulham who are in 19th place and we are pre-season title contenders mm. What's your opinion on Loftus Cheek, by the way? Him obviously being a, a Chelsea guy, still on loan, I believe. He's still on loan, yeah, but we've got a lot of players on loan, man. But Loftus Cheek is Loftus Cheek is a good player. I don't see how he fits into the Chelsea team as it currently is. So maybe being out on loan is probably the best thing for him. I like him as a player. I've liked him as a player for years, but his injury proneness mm. is what wipes him out, unfortunately. Um, but we couldn't see him play obviously because he's um, he, he belongs to us, so we couldn't play in this game. But they definitely Fulham definitely would have done more if they had a player like him in their team um, and we were lucky to get that win Timo Werner is still very frustrating he came on late and snatched at a few chances mm. and missed them and someone said that Timo Werner is a run around and look busy player and the more and more I see him play I'm like he he's really just running around and looking busy but he's there's no End result. He's a German Jovino. Now, you know what? To be fair, though, can I just jump in on that point? Because I think technically, I didn't realise he was so baggy. I thought he was a lot tighter. I thought he had a lot tighter in terms of his technique, but he's a little bit all over the place. And even like his body shape for the one for the one on one that he went through at no point did I think he was going to score. Like at no point. And I don't think he's even down to confidence. Like technically, he just looked off. But someone mm. said to me he's a bit like Salah. He needs like ten chances. He'll yeah. score three. Yeah. But yeah. then and then he'll be like, ah, oh, that's how he builds his confidence. So maybe he needs to play through this. I hear that. I think for me, the only thing I'll just say is only because if you listen to what uh, to what you know um, Werner uh, has said in his past interviews, which is which is actually interesting because and he said how um, playing you know playing in the Prem is so different. To the Bundesliga, like it's a very, very, and he, and he, and, and if this interview, he sees how he speaks a lot about how he was so surprised as to how physical it is in the Prem, and like mm. in terms of like you have to focus twenty four seven, and in the Bundesliga, it's not like that. So for me, all I see is I feel with him, you have to give him, give him, give him some time. But mm. also, it goes back to is Lampard the right man to because, mm. bro. On paper, Chelsea have a formidable team. Like, that team looks crazy. No questions. It hasn't worked. So, I think Brighton is, is, you know, 100% right where you have to now start looking at the manager here because you have all the pieces. It's all there. You know, why isn't it clicking? Something, yeah. you know, 
questions have to be asked. <clears throat> no, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, a manager do you guys think had... Roman Abramovich... Sorry to, to cut in, actually. I was just thinking, uh, do you guys think Roman Abramovich will be uh, maybe looking to make a change, uh, seeing as there are some questions to be asked about the management at the moment? Mm, well, that, what? That's, honest, that's in Chelsea DNA. Yeah. Is, but at the same time, I think it's a difficult one because, bro, to try it, you know, I think... Lampard's name holds so much weight um, at Chelsea. So I think it's something where they're definitely, you know, trying to monitor, but then as well as they have to be careful, man. You have to be careful with that one. Like, bro, yeah, I think it, do you know what I mean? I think it depends on how bad it gets. Like, if, mm. if Chelsea are, are moving down the table, he's going to get sacked. It's that, it's that simple. Like, if he's still there and thereabouts competing for top four, then I think the manager will, I mean, the owner will be like, all right, cool, let's see you next season. But if he's going 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, coming up to April, and Tuchel's still available, I, I, I don't, I, based on Abramovich's past behaviour, I, I, I struggle to see him survive. But, but honestly, you never know. You never no, know. If I'm being honest, the reason is because, yeah, even if you look at in terms of the media as well, the media are not really hard, like when it comes to Frank Lampard, you know, if you notice that. They're not hard on him. Yeah, it's his brethren's thing, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's one of them. He's one so of them. So that's what I'm saying is, I don't know, man. Even if, was to, even if Chelsea was to be 56, I still, I still think he would be there. No, no, that's no. I'm um, that's what I'm saying. If he's still around that that spot, I don't think he's gonna. But if he, I'm talking about like seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, he's getting chopped. Like there's no. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Um, I, Abramovich isn't going to accept that after that investment. If Chelsea come tenth, he's getting sacked. That's yeah. I I believe that. Like especially if there's managers like Tuchel available, I don't think Abramovich will accept that lower <laughs> drop. When if they're finishing in that position, but if they're still competitive for the top four and coming fifth, sixth, he might give him a, a start for the next season. I think. But if we're talking around nine, tenth, bro, I, I don't know. I, man. I, I, no, you know what? I, know. I agree with I agree with Nate because what I think happens there is. Mm-hmm. Once you're out of Europe and you've got all of those players, you still need to kind of fund that wage bill. And remember, they spent a lot of money because the season before they didn't have to because of the ban. So yeah. now when it comes to FFP, it needs to all balance out. Yeah. So if there's no if there's no Europe, it puts a strain on them. Um, yeah. But just quickly moving on to another team who are in blue, but their manager has no questions about his um, position at the moment. Brendan Rodgers, 2-0 win against Southampton, who have had a very good season. And then they're normally pretty good away. Um, Cal, over to you for this one. Um, how do you find kind of Leicester's form? And yeah, dare we say it? Like, are they really in the mix for a Champions League spot? Well, I mean, Leicester have had a bit of a return to magic from Vardy. He's been scoring goals for a little while now. Mm. And another person who's kind of returned to the magic is James Madison. Uh, I think he he's kind of been a bit of a forgotten man this season. Everyone's been giving all the plaudits to Telemans and the young fullback, uh, Justin. Um, but then even recently, Harvey Barnes has come back as well. He scored a lovely goal um, the other day. Um, so when you've got Madison creating and scoring goals, Telemans creating, Harvey Barnes chipping in with goals here, it's looking like they're starting to actually be firing again, having goals and assists all over the pitch. Vardy, a, a very reliable hit, man. I mean, we know that their defence is solid. What mm. more do they really need? They they really they really are looking good, man. And um, mm. you know, talking about results, um, 
I don't think they've lost too many recently. I do think they've had a bit of a purple patch. Yeah. Um, and um, I haven't actually had a look at their next few fixtures. That would probably be a good thing to talk about their next few fixtures and see if they can continue um, this rich reign of form that they're in. But um, I mean, I think some, I think maybe it was Nathan that might have mentioned them as possible title contenders. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, they're, they're up there. I mean, what, what can, what negative can we really say about them? So yeah, so I've just got the, mm. the results and the fixtures up now. And so you can see they've won their last three on the bounce. Um, and then they, they drew two. That includes the FA Cup victory against Stoke. And then they drew two. Uh, draw against uh, Man United. Um, they beat Spurs away. You know? That was a um, good result. Yeah. They're getting result. results. Yeah, against top six sides. And they got Chelsea next as well. Wins. Big game. Big yeah, big Chelsea game. Chelsea on Tuesday is a big game. And I think they got Everton away. So, like, yeah, all the teams around them, they've been able to take points off of them as well. The one thing that I like about... Um, Brendan Rodgers is his use of the fullbacks. So yes. you spoke about Justin earlier on, and Justin has been playing right side or left side, depending on the game. So what they've got is they've got flexible fullbacks. Him and Castagna can play on either side. So depending on who they're facing, depends on how he deploys them. So yesterday, Justin played on the left, but away to Tottenham, he played on the right. And I've noticed how like he's been, like normally wingers like, kind of like change sides. It's very rare that a fullback will change sides. So I just yeah. like notice that as a like that's a real interesting thing that like Brendan Rodgers is doing that he's like okay cool you know what if they got a pacey winger maybe I put Justin on that side and both can play on either side with a plum like it's, I think, it's I think it's very interesting that you mentioned Brendan Rodgers just now as well because when we're talking about all of these teams we can talk about players a lot um, you mm. know you can say that um, Chelsea have got all of the players um, and okay maybe Leicester have all of the players maybe not as high of a quality as what Chelsea has, yeah. but what they do have is a top manager, which yeah. is probably the difference between what Chelsea has at the moment. So just if you've got a top um, manager and a squad full of good players, it's got to give you a good chance, doesn't it? On, on that one, actually, Carl, for the Arsenal fans in particular, would you take Brendan over Arteta? I mean, again, Arteta is in that same boat that um, <laughs> his new manager, he's learning his trade. And when you're talking about Brendan Rodgers, yeah. you're talking about an experienced coach, Premier yeah. League winner. Um, I couldn't even list off all of his uh, achievements and everything. But the, the man is definitely, you know, he, he's managed in Europe. He's taken his club into European competition. And he's ready for a big time move, for a bigger club, for a bigger budget. You know, he's a top coach. Who wouldn't want Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, do you know what? I do think it's a hard one just because I do feel as if with Arteta, you can see what he's trying to do, man. I, I like Arteta, you know. I'm going to be real. Hey, my same mate. I mean, again, you know, you know, uh, myself um, um, and Nate have had many, many chats about this. Yeah. And I think that and I think that Arteta is a really strong, you know, up-and-coming manager who has a, you know, he has a clear, clear vision. And that's what I like. Um, but if you were to ask me who I would take as of right now, it would have to be Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Fair point. Fair point. Fair. No, no, no. I think I think I think he's just doing exceptionally well, and I think missing out on the Champions League last year could easily have deflated the bubble, but he's actually pushed on, and they they look even stronger this season. Some of the yeah. recruitment has been very, very good. Very. Good. Um, I spoke about Fofana earlier on. Sorry, he's actually he's a Leicester centre back. He's been really good. Soyuncu was probably like arguably the second best centre back in the league last year. I liked him. Can't even get a game. So yeah. I think that says a lot about what the squad's saying at the moment. So yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, 
we have some fixtures to look forward to today, actually. Um, yes. The team news should just be coming out now for um, Sheffield United against Tottenham. Um, Sheffield United won their first game of the season in the week, um, beating Newcastle 1-0. And Tottenham threw two points away late on against Fulham. Um, Manny, talk me through this game. Like, Can Sheffield United surprise Spurs or do you expect business as usual for, for um, Jose? I really do, man. I reckon that this one, this one today, I reckon probably the likes of Son will score probably two goals and then uh, third goal, Harry Kane. I, I mean, I can't, I mean, I've watched, I don't know why I have, but I've watched quite a bit of um, Sheffield United. Um, a lot, of, I don't know why again, I really don't know why. But, um, yeah, they are extremely poor. I mean, um, I know that, you know, uh, they beat um, Newcastle and to fair view, they fought like, like they fought their asses off for that game. Mm. But, um they really, really need some investment ASAP. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm mistaken, I think this season they were the only club in the Premier who actually didn't buy an absolute player. So, yeah, I think they brought Bruce, Bruce Star. Yeah, Bruce Star. Bruce Star. Yeah, they brought Bruce Star. That was it. Right. Yeah. So you know, you know, I, I think for a club of that of, of that size where they want to try and, and stay in the Prem, and all they could buy was you know a 16, 17 year old striker. Mm-hmm. That's there's a lot, man. Like mm-hmm. real, real danger. Uh, I think, I think Tottenham as well. Jose is going to get them fired up because you know yeah. they doubt yet again, and they, yet again Tottenham have shown those same signs that we've seen season after season, where they, where they, as soon as they get a sniff of the title race, flaky, flaky. Yeah, so that's I, true. Do you know what I mean? So I think <clears throat> Jose is really going to hammer, hammer it to them this afternoon, and, and I expect a really comfortable win. Okay. I hear you. Um, the big one, Liverpool <laughs> versus Manchester United at Anfield. Um, the top, well, it used to be the top two, now one um, top against third place. Um, I'm going to go for a neutral view on this one. Ryan, talk me through it. Liverpool, Man United, what do you see happening this afternoon? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to get. This is one of those games where I kind of... I have no expectation. I it, it, it all depends on who turns up. I wonder if Thiago might turn up um, and actually start orchestrating like he did at you know uh, Bayern Munich. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of Salah. I don't think we've seen the best of Mane yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always exciting to watch Bruno Fernandez because unfortunately he has just been named uh, Player of the Month for the fourth time in the calendar year. Um, in 2020, I think he won just one December. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know what I'm gonna get. It, it just depends who shows up and who wants it more. Mm. Um, all I know is that it's gonna be fun for us watching. Yeah, yeah, as a neutral, I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, okay, now 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 to the person who's invested in the game, Nate. Give me your score prediction for today. Oh, that's that's a. You know what? People are gonna laugh, but don't be surprised if this ends nil nil. Because okay. we're going to, it's going to be a double pivot. It's going to be Fred and McTominay starting. Um, obviously, Bruno in the hole. I think we're probably going to put Pogba on the left. And I don't know, maybe Rush. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to play on the counter. Like, we know full well exactly how we're going to set up. We're going to try and absorb the pressure and then quick break and get a goal. But I think Liverpool are going to be, just because of their centre-half situation, it's going to be difficult for them to be gung-ho knowing that's how we're going to play. So they're almost going to have to try and shore up that position to make sure that they don't get exploited there 
whilst we're just gonna we're just gonna sit back. We don't need to go and attack the game. There's no reason for us to go and attack the game. And we know how Oli plays the big teams always on the counter. So it really depends on how Liverpool approach the game for me. I think if they come out to win this game and they get an early goal, it could be a long, long old day for United. But I still have, I still have the stars from that Spurs match. And honestly, once we get shaken and it starts to get a little bit tricky, it can get a bit, you know what I mean? Even against Southampton, we went 2-0 yeah. down quick early doors. Just what people forget, this is the thing, we go on a good run and people forget what we're capable of. And mm. I mean, in a bad way. So, mm. for me, it really depends on how Liverpool approach it. If Liverpool go for it and score early, it's going to be a long day at the office. If we can hold them with the formation, Liverpool are a bit nervous, quickly catch them on the counter, we could nick a goal or it could end nil-nil. So, my expectations are nil-nil or if Liverpool score early, it could be a little bit technical, I can't lie. Okay, Manny, I want a quick prediction from you. Yeah, like, you know, what would you say? I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm slightly gonna follow with Nate. I think just because with with Man United, it it may be the case where they just don't want to lose as opposed to actually winning the game. But I think they're gonna be a little bit cautious, and also also if we're being honest, right. I feel like sometimes when we tend to like build up these games so much, they end up being extremely flat as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, extremely boring. And Man United, unfortunately, have done that on far too many occasions where they're in a massive game and it seems exciting. And you watch it on a Sunday afternoon, you're thinking, wow, it's dreadful. So I think yeah. for that, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So for that, I'm going to say, you know what? 1 0 to. United, but I don't think it's going to be... Wow. Um, okay. Wow. Cal, your prediction scores? I do like 1-0 to United. I do think that's a cheeky score. But for me, the main um, excitement in this game is something that we've done in FIFA, right? So in, mm. uh, in FIFA Ultimate Team, they've got this uh, showdown matchup where... Yeah. They've given you two players, one player from each team. You've got James Milner from Liverpool and you've got Scott McTominay from Man United. And depending on which team wins, one of those players is going to get a huge upgrade in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quite like the look at that McTominay card. So I really do want Man United to win so McTominay <laughs> gets a FIFA upgrade. Um, but um, in terms of the actual game itself, um, I think Rashford could nick one here, you know, or could get fouled in the box and Fernandes could score a penalty and, and a 1-0 could be on the cards. Liverpool without Van Dijk, I do think you can get at them. You can score goals past them. Um, but of course, with, with the attacking options Liverpool has, they're always going to be a threat. And um, But I don't know, with Man United, I do think the emergence of um, Eric Bailly in the defence of, of this uh, Maguire and Bailly partnership, the big man, little man, it kind of seems to be working. You know, you got a bit of pace and mobility with Bailly there, and then you just got that huge presence with Maguire. Um, and uh, I do think it's starting to work. Alex Tellers is slightly nicely. AWB at right back spot. Come on. You so, know what? Sorry, on that, I know it might be taking us on a bit of a tangent, but I don't think AWB gets enough respect, honestly. Honestly speaking. And the reason why I say that is who who is Man United's other right back apart from this guy? Don't have one really. This is a Man United, mm. actually. yeah. Well, yeah, like, Twanzebi will play there, innit? Okay, but realistically, yeah. does he is is Twanzebi going to be slotted in if if Wan Bazaka's 
Do you yeah. know what I mean? Who is our... Look, here, look on the left. You've got Shaw and Tellers, right? So you've got yeah. two left back. You even had Brandon Williams. So you had someone coming in. Yeah. Whole club of Man United stature. Yeah? We don't have another recognised right back other than AWB. Other than Wan-Bissaka. Yeah. And this guy, remember, he just come from pretty much... I think he was promoted from Crystal Palace Youth. Then he was sold after that first season and goes straight into that Man United team. The amount yeah. of pressure on this kid yeah. and for him to be playing game in, game out, knowing even certain managers actually tactically set up to just attack the right because they just know obviously he's not the best because he's still young and learning but he's still going in every game for me I I, I love him man because yeah. if I was if I was that guy mentally that's a very yeah. difficult position to be in that young when you know every, every game Oli's going to say you are starting right back pretty much every yeah. game yeah no yeah. to be fair like, I think he I think he merits that and I think we've seen that like, defensive side of his game is just it's unparalleled like one-on-ones take-ons yeah. tackles he's, he's great with that the offensive side of his game needs to work but that will kind of kind of come with time um, no I definitely I definitely see that my see what's the weird is my prediction is really clear Liverpool win this game for me like I can't see anything besides a Liverpool win for like 2-1 because they have to win it and they're at home and Anfield is such a fortress, they're going to make it happen. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going to make a win happen. By, like, by hell or high water, Liverpool will, will, will win this game 2-1. This, this for me, I think, this for me would prove how, you know when you win a championship, you win the Prem and it's like, like, what are you, as champions, what are you really made of? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you win this game with the defensive issues that they've had, then it's like, you know what? They're putting a statement back saying, look, at the end of the day, we've been shaky, but we're not going anywhere. We're the champions. So if, if they do come out and do a job, hats off. Mm. Like, hats make, off. Yeah, make a statement. Like, for real, they need to make a statement too. Both teams need to. So, yeah, yeah fair, fair, fair dues. We're going to quickly move on to two more games to look at for the weekend and then we're going to go into our general news. Yeah. Um, so, um, Nate, give me a very, very quick kind of look at the City Palace game, which follows your big game today. I think, I think that's a good game. Um, I think, I think the thing that is really worrying me about City. Forget, forget winning games and stuff. Is that they're keeping clean sheets, and when City starts keeping sheets, it gets very, very, very difficult to beat that team. Just because you know they're going to score against you. Like it's a matter of fact. It's not. It's not. It's not if. It's when. So my problem is the fact that they're keeping clean sheets. The fact that they're grinding out one nil, two nil happily now. They're not going to town on people, bringing on. Like Mara's in the 75th and he gets a brace and the battery team's 5-1. They're just glad to be grinding out the games. And I think Palace are a team, I've seen them against some of the big teams this season, apart from us, and they haven't really looked that good. I think against Chelsea, they didn't really look good. Um, I think the way Roy sets them up against the big ones is a little bit, a little bit, he's a very passive. Um, mm. And I think that'll play into City's hands if he tries it again. Um yeah. So yeah, I think that's a city win for me. Um, if it's a if it's a low score, don't be surprised. But I think they'll take the win. Yeah, I think they keep a clean sheet as well. And yeah. the final game of the weekend is Arsenal versus Newcastle on Monday. Cal, our boys, are they going to bring home three points after a disappointing draw against Palace? Mm. I don't know. Ah, no. Which is very sad to say that because I thought we turned the corner over a Christmas period. Um, and, yeah, that game against Palace, it just seems like a revert to type, like just lack of creativity, um, not really looking like there's a clear sort of pattern of play or style or identity. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's, it's quite sad to see because when we played West Brom, I thought, wow, Arsenal are back. But mm. maybe now it's more just West Brom, you know, we're out of sorts. Um, so... 
I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I do feel like at the moment, Newcastle haven't been in the best vein of form. Yeah. And, um, you know, Callum Wilson is a goal for it, but he hasn't scored in a couple of games now. Um, so maybe maybe his drought will continue, or maybe this is just going to be one of those games where he's due a goal and he's going to score against Arsenal because he hasn't scored in a couple of games. And yeah. so far this season, he's actually been pretty good. So, man, I, I hope we can do something, but to be honest with you, I just don't know. I don't really have the confidence at the moment. Um, Lacazette yeah. didn't really look great. Um, so, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, it's because it's we've got Saka. I, yeah. I feel like we have a bit of a creative spark there, you know? And mm. it's just, and, and Thomas Party's coming back as well. Yeah. So if Party can start, um, maybe you want to go. Jack has actually looked pretty good against Palace, man. He was playing. Yeah, yeah one. Hold on, one, one question, Manny. I want to direct it to you as well. Yeah. We didn't have Kieran Tierney, and obviously say, recently <laughs> he's kind of been almost like a bit like talismanic for for Arsenal. Like Huge. the fans are the fans are raving about him. He's a great um, fullback. I was going to say, like, how big a miss was he? And if he's back in, how does he change the dynamic of our side? Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think the thing is, I think as I think as you said, I mean, he was a massive, massive miss, and I think that that also alludes to what Kyle is saying is, I don't know why it's the, I don't know why it seems to be the case where, in particular at Arsenal, where if a player goes out, then the whole team just seems mm. and it's just weird because you, you know you look at the other big teams, you know, the Liverpool's, um, Cities, even Chelsea as well is. When a player comes out, it's still yes. I mean, you know, it's going to you know to change um, the system or whatnot. But it doesn't have that much of an effect as opposed to at Arsenal. You know, um, mm. has been instrumental. He goes out, and on the left side we have nothing. However, what I will say is in defence of Arsenal is in that game it could be. I feel as if um, Palace just came to you know sharp shot. They just weren't moving. There wasn't any space. Um, and also, and I think if you look at a lot, a lot of the um, key players, what was I thought the likes of um, Danny Tobias uh, was mm. he was in, some of the some of the long range um, passes that he was doing were on a were on another planet, you know. And I think any other game, Abu would have you know tipped in the back of the net, but we all know Abu has just been you know out for this whole season. So I think there there are still some there are still a lot. Or pluses, I mm-hmm. to go with against Newcastle. Yeah, I, I do believe that you know we are going to win. I reckon it'll be two um, 0 Okay. Win against you know party as well. Party, you know, he came in the second half against uh, against um, against Palace. He looked very comfortable on the ball. I think on the right hand side, and I think as well as you said, um, Saka. I mean, dude, we could talk about him for the whole day, bro. Mm. Like seriously. He, One guy I would, I would snap up in a heartbeat, boy. Yeah, like, player. exceptional player, man. Player, yeah, man. He's with a great potential. Definitely. I think we have to give credit to Lacazette. The guy has, has you know, found some nice form. Manny, remember when we spoke about Lacazette and I said one thing about mm. Lacazette that I can always hold, man, that he always, he always tries, bro. It was against the Spurs game. This guy was getting oh, nah. shifted about the pitch, right. left, right, center. 
Hold, he, was, hold on. he was always hold on, trying. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. listen, listen. I, I get it. And I, I, no, I'm not having the Lacazette thing. No, 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 trigger. no, no. Trigger. hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold on. Manny, no, I know on. and Nate, listen, he's a trier and that's all well and good. He hasn't really been good enough. He's had a purple patch. He's doing well. He may nick a goal. He's been our top goal scorer. But we can't really say he's doing enough. And I think that's just a blanket statement across Arsenal. They're not doing enough. And what we're doing is, when they do something small, we're praising them a bit too much. Like, when they do it consistently, let's praise them. Yeah. Because, like we said, they were ga- we were gassing up saying we won three games, we won four games, then yeah. we go and draw. So, yeah, let's see what happens with that. But 2-0 is your prediction. Yeah, I'm going to say we'll sneak it maybe 2-1. It won't be pretty, but we'll kind of get there. Um, just because I'm mindful of time, I just want to jump into the new section as well. So we've got quite a few stories to kind of go with. The first story we're going to start with is the postponement of Aston Villa versus Everton. As we spoke about earlier on, um, the coronavirus is still rife in football. Um, and as a result of that, Villa are to their game to be postponed, meaning that they were meant to have two games for any, anyone who plays fantasy get fantasy football. They're meant to have two games. It went down to one, but now a second game has been added with Newcastle playing them next week, Saturday, as both teams have been knocked out of the FA Cup. Um, the... What I've been finding really crazy is just how quickly some of the postponements are happening. Obviously, like Fulham had to play um, Tottenham within um, 48 hours. The one question I want to quickly ask is, should football still be happening if games are having to be postponed and like clubs are being like having coronavirus running right through their like running right through their um, their their stuff? I'm going to go to Cal with that one, actually. Cal, should football still be happening? In my opinion... No, this mm-hmm. is going to be a very short conversation. <laughs> just, just no, I don't think, I think if you're going to have a lockdown and this is bigger than football, this opinion, mm. if you're going to have a lockdown, then let's just lock down. Let's just shut everything down. And when mm. it's a good time for us to pick up again, then pick up. But mm. all of this lockdown and then let's ease back into it let a couple of thousand fans into stadiums and then, oh, we're going on another lockdown again and then we're going to keep football going. It's just like, you're just seeing so many players getting COVID and yeah. it's having a huge mm. impact on the game and it's frustrating for everybody involved. I, I think I it's also dangerous as well because, mm. you know, these people that are getting COVID could potentially pass away. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we should just shut, we should have just shut everything down and kept it shut down until it was safe to resume at yeah, 100% go on, capacity. Go on, Manny, because do you have like yeah. the opposite argument to it? Yeah, yeah, I do. And the only reason why I do, I mean, I do understand that, but I think it's different only because, um, you know, not just football, I think professional um, athletes are very different. And this may sound harsh um, in a sense where the reason why I think they should still play is because, number one, they have the money to play, the sense where they have the best, you know, um, healthcare, um, you know, you know, given to them round the clock. And this is no respect to, you know, uh, you know, to the likes, you know, of the common folk like us or whatnot. But the footballers, you know, they get um, tested, you know, 24/7. You know, they will get the best, you know, um, Medicare, like. Do you know what I mean? And 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 this is where on, on that side it's like I get it. You know, they have the money in a sense where they can. It sounds harsh again. They can afford to get sick, but they know that they they are gonna get the best treatment. They're gonna get the best care. So I think in that sense, 
they should play, man. Do you know what I mean? And I think mm. also is on the other side as well is for a lot of people, um, you know, football is their bread and butter. Um, in a sense where without it, especially in this lockdown, they literally will either, you know, go insane or in some more, you know, dangerous, you know, in more, yeah, more I hear that. In situations, it can really, really, really affect on. Again, you look at like the town um, of Burnley, yeah, you know, Sheffield and such, places where the majority of the people there have either been furloughed or they have, you know, lost their job. And we already know those areas, again, no respect, are very, you know, very boring. You know, those Wow, you know, man, just, man just rubbing out a whole area, yeah. Wow. No, no, no. I hate, I hate, I hate what you're saying. Know, Essentially, there's, there's, there's less to do. There's kind of like less activities. There's less kind of interest, infrastructure kind of built there. And I think you know what? You raise a very good point about kind of mental health. It's something to look forward to and those kinds of things. And I do, and I do think it's a very, very good thing to kind of like have in place. But I think. Like you're saying, all of the stuff that's there in terms of like the medical resources could then be put to use elsewhere. And I think that's that's always the issue that like these players are highly paid, they're highly trained, they they get the best of everything, and now they're getting the best of the medical equipment when we're in a, the middle of a global pandemic. It's a little bit it's a little bit difficult. Just want to stay on this. I'm gonna slightly move the the, the the news order around ever so slightly because there was also an article around um brainless football players. So this was twofold. Um, a number of football players were kind of like caught for, for breaching COVID and social distancing rules. Um, Eze was an example where he went to see his his um, old team play and didn't wear a mask. We've had like numerous um, reports of Manchester City players breaking that. We've had like um, some of the Crystal Palace players meeting up with other kind of country mates during the Christmas period and not actually kind of um, social distancing. But then there's also been kind of communications from the politicians around um, celebrations, the fact that some people would be like high-fiving, touching and hugging, all of those kinds of things. Anyone anyone who watched the Leicester game yesterday would have seen um, James Madison made a good point of staying away from everyone and doing like air high-fives and shaking hands from a distance. Um, I did like that celebration. Hold on. Nate, just starting with you, what's your take on the brainless kind of term? And do you think footballers are sometimes used as political pawns? Yeah, I, I think the statement, I think it was an MP who made it, right? Mm. Um, I think it was I think it was a little bit harsh. I think naturally, I think if you know football and and you, and you play the game and you're passionate about it, if you score a goal with your team and you know it's an important goal at an important stage and stuff, naturally as a human being, you're going to follow those instincts, right? So um, I, I, I definitely back the point that they should try to... Um, not do that in the in a moment if that makes sense just because obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic right but i think to, to go on that whole brainless kind of rant and to kind of label these players brainless which unfortunately they're kind of used to right like everyone holds the kind of um or there is a common perception of football as not necessarily being the sharpest tools in the box yeah. even only uh, certain footballers and pundits will, will criticised players we saw what Keane said about Walker right like mm. literally like hasn't got a brain in his head so I think it's unfortunate because you're, people are able to get away with making those kind of statements for footballers because I think footballers seem like an easy target they make a lot of money so why can't we kind of you know mm. go on yeah. the attack on, in that sense but I agree I think they should try to be a little bit cautious and, and think about it but I think it's very difficult 
as a footballer, when you do score, your teammates run towards you for you to then back off and stuff in a heat at a moment. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's difficult. But at the same time, I understand some of the things, like the breaches, you can't, you can't oh, kind no. of stand yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, I'm talking it. purely on celebrations. Mm. Like, purely celebrations yeah. are harsh. But if you're just breaching out, like to go in, yeah, I'm sorry, like, can't really be defended wait, wait, there. You know what? I, I feel as if it's, it's one of those things where you're not asking for f- footballers to not touch uh, each other when they celebrate. However, football mm. is a physical contact sport. Oh, no. So for me, already, you've made no sense. If, that, if that's the case, then just stop football. Like, yeah. Like, for me, it's not about a player having to hug someone else when they score a goal. That is irrelevant. You might as well just, you know what, stop the game because... If I need to get the ball with somebody, I'm gonna to touch them. Then then you shouldn't then you shouldn't have corners and free kicks because what, what's happening exactly. in the box and co- I'm literally yeah. holding on to a player. Nah, for real. It doesn't actually make sense, but yeah. I suppose like we said earlier on, they're just trying to put the game on so that they have something, an outlet for people to do stuff. So you kinda kinda you have to give a little bit, but then I think the obvious stuff of where they, they're normally going over to do stuff. That's, that's the stuff that they have to kind of police. So yeah. I kind of understand yeah, that yeah. bit a little bit more. And I think just just to quickly go back to, to what you said, Ashes, that's where f- footballers really do, you know, take, they really do take the liberties where we know we get the money and I can do whatever I want, you know. Mm. Like, that's where they really do take the liberties, you know. You can't be breaking the rules. You can't be trying to travel or whatever. Yeah. Like, dude, Stay at home. You have a big house. There was plenty for you to do in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, nah, for real. No, yeah. no. Nah, nah. I completely <laughs> agree with that. I think Pogba has a five-a-side pitch in his house, man, or something like that. He's playing. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not <laughs> fair, man. It's not <laughs> fair. Um, we're going to quickly move on to our next story, which is um, looking at Thomas Tuchel. So we've spoken about kind of the Premier League. I know we spoke, we spoke about him as a manager. Um, yes. There was an article saying that... Um, yeah, like, can he go in and be a top six manager saying that he needs more than just that kind of hit a football brain? He's going to need more to, to be successful in the Premier League. Ryan, Thomas Tuchel, is he, I mean, at your club, he's probably the favourite to kind of mm-hmm. become that manager. Yeah. Would you like him and do you think he will be a success? Um, I think he's a good manager and I think he'll do well to uh, be the manager of Chelsea. Um I do believe that he could bring us success because I think that he's shown a lot of potential over the years. Um, yeah. I don't think his time at PSG can really be taken into account because it's PSG. So many people are hyping Poch saying he's been there for like two weeks and already won a trophy. It's like, it's PSG, man. And uh, I think he could do a good job for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do. I like him. Um, and we, I think we need a manager like him because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's young, but he's not new enough to the profession to kind of to kind of be like, feel like a gamble mm. so, which is what I feel like we're doing at the moment yeah no I get you so actually we got another story about PSG with the manager who replaced him um, Mauricio Pochettino actually catching COVID um, Cal this was your story um, mm. so ironic that he just kind of comes in I think he wins his first trophy as a manager as well mm-hmm. and then kind of the next day the COVID story kind of comes up yeah it's, it's, it's a bit bizarre um, but I'm just happy for Poch and now that he's left Spurs I actually quite like him now <laughs> yeah. and um, like he, he was he was always a good coach wasn't he but his one 
the one thing you could say about him um, is that he's never won a trophy. So when I heard that, you know, he was going to PSG, I was excited. I thought this is a good move for all parties. And straight away, he's won the trophy. I mean, it's, it's the, um, is it the Coupe des Trophy? Um, yeah, French Which is pretty much the French version of the uh, Charity Shield that we have over here. So it's like the winner of the French League title. Uh, the French League title holders will play the French Cup holders. So it's like a Super Cup. Yeah. But he's won a trophy. So that's going to give him like that sense of validation that, yes, I am officially a top coach now. And I'm sure that's going to spur him to go on and do a bit better. And, you know, because I've heard managers say before that, you know, and even players, that it's like a drug when you start winning. When you win a trophy, you just want another one and another one mm. and another one. So I feel like he'll be a bit more driven. And who knows, maybe uh, PSG can win something else this season. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate that he's got COVID. Maybe, um, does he get into our uh, Corona 11, Ash? I think he's on the bench. He's not bad. He can maybe he can maybe mix it. He was a, good, he was a decent little midfielder. He but, was, um, you know. Yeah, I don't know because I think the midfield at the moment is like Thiago and Pogba, so <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit sticky. Um, as, as the manager though, do we have a good manager of the uh, the Corona eleven? True, we don't have a manager this time, so yeah, maybe. Now and now he's won something. He's actually got accolades. <laughs> <laughs> he's there now. Um, speaking of management, we're going to slightly uh, mix the the, the the lineup again. Um, a form well, an, an England legend, Wayne Rooney, is now the official manager of Derby County. Um, he obviously went there on a playing and coaching contract last season, has since come over, was in temporary um, charge after Philip Koku lost his job, and now he is the full-time manager. Nate, as probably one of your former heroes, what do you think about Rooney becoming the manager at Derby? To be honest, I'm very happy for him. I think he's always wanted to go into management. I think even when he was still playing um, and he was he was doing a bit of punditry on the side, he would always say, like, I really want to go into management. So it's been something that he's always wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see him in the full-time role and see the type of football he's going to play because, um, yeah, based on his playing days, if it's anything to with how he, he played in certain systems under Ferguson and stuff, it could be very exciting to see. He might be setting up quite an exciting um, and team there. Um, and, yeah, I think going back to the hero statement, I, I think it's probably when, since he's probably started to play in MLS and in retirement, people are now starting to look back and say how much this guy's actually done. Like to be mm. main night's top goal scorer, England's top goal scorer, I think, or most cap player, one of the two had a very long career, Premier League titles, Champions Leagues, some of the most incredible moments personally as a Man United fan I've witnessed from one of our players on the pitch. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I wish him all the best. I'm a, I'm a big fan, um, and I'm very, very excited to see what he, what his style of management is at Derby as well. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, we, like, wish him all the best. Like, Rooney is a legend. I'm yeah. not the biggest Rooney fan in the world, but I have to acknowledge, I have to acknowledge his legend. Yeah, yeah. I have to acknowledge his legend. So that's fair. Um, speaking about kind of directions. Um, Arsenal have appointed a new director of operations. Richard Garlick moves from Sky and previously West Brom to become yeah. the director of football operations at Arsenal um, from January onwards. Now, yeah. there's been a lot that's been said about Arsenal's kind of management structure. A lot yeah. of people have kind of come and gone in the last few years. It's yeah. been a bit of a it's been a bit of a shit show, to be honest. Yeah. Manny, I'm going to start with you on this one. What do you yeah. think? Like, what are your hopes with this with this appointment? Do you know what I, I? I think for me, it would be it would be really interesting to get some like 
clarity as to what is it that he's actually come to actually do. Mm-hmm. You because know, I think you know as you as you as you have touched on, there have been you know um, many faces uh, with regards to the uh, management team who, in in my opinion, didn't necessarily um, have a role. It was more the case of just trying to give an image out to the fans in particular that this is what we're trying to do, and it didn't really do anything. So. Because, again, you know, we've been told the likes of um, Edu and, and Arteta will be the two that will actually be focusing on the recruitment of players and so forth going forward. Mm. Now you've been and brought this guy. So is it a case where maybe Edu and Arteta are finding it extremely hard and they need, and they need a third person? Mm. Or, do you know what I'm saying? Or is it a case where he will just be working on the youth team and, and so forth? So I think it'll be interesting to know what exactly is, is he come to Arsenal but I think again, as you touched on, is there's been a lot of changes made in the in the past what two years or so. Um, too too many changes, and I'm hoping that it can find a a a, a system that is actually going to work because you know clearly it just hasn't worked. Yeah. Point. So you know, fingers and, crossed. But mm. I just feel comfortable knowing we've got another guy here to now team with Edu because we had some previous guys who I thought actually were going to be. A massive hit for us, and they left, so it didn't work out. On that, I actually googled director of football operations, and it's meant to be you look at first team affairs, you look at like the youth system, you manage contracts, and you also yeah. look at player recruitment. Now, speaking about contracts, we have a certain German on 355 50,000 pounds a week, yeah, sorry, yeah, 350 350k a week okay. who seems to be heading for the exit door. Cal Meze Erzul, talk to me. Do you know what? Uh, just want, just wanted to touch on. Oh, mm. sorry, go on. No, sorry, no, no, go ahead, Carl. Go ahead, Carl. Uh, I was gonna say, just wanted to touch on Richard Garlic real quick. Um, mm. so on in terms of the contracts, I think it's an interesting appointment bringing this guy in because he's actually a lawyer, isn't he? Um, yeah. and God knows Arsenal are in a mess with contracts. I thought we cleaned everything up when we restructured mm. and we brought in a uh, Mislin Tat and yeah, one guy doing contracts, one guy doing transfers, one guy doing um negotiations. Yeah. It was like we had different people doing different things in the board. And yeah. then things have shake, shaked up a bit again. Mislintat's left and Eddie's come in. So maybe now this guy's going to be the new Mislintat. Um, mm. Well, let's let's see. Let's see how it works out. But the fact that he has worked with the FA and the fact that he is a, a, a solicitor and he's obviously got a good grasp of the law and how contracts are supposed to work... Uh, you'd think that things would improve. We won't end up with these situations where we've got a youth player like Balogun with his contracts running out and he can bend the club over and, and um, in terms of negotiations. Yeah. Um, and situations like Mesut Ozil where he's offered a ridiculous amount of money because we let his contract run out and again, he could bend the club over. So uh, Mesut Ozil, absolute quality player. Yeah. For me, always been a luxury player. Not the kind of player that you have when you're in a relegation battle. You give him to Big Sam right now, they're struggling, mate. Mm. Um, but, you know, you put him as the cherry on top of a team like Leicester that are already sort of solid and flying and doing well. You put him in behind like a Jamie Vardy or something like that. It's going to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think for Mesut Ozil, like we bought him at a time when we had Alexis Sanchez. Um, or oh, so actually bought Ozil and then we brought in Alexis Sanchez. Um, yeah. But then the the level of quality just kind of diminished uh, over time. Uh, I think the longer that Ozil stayed, 
the worse and worse and worse his teammates became. Facts. And we needed more from him opposed to what he actually brings to the table. We needed things from him that just aren't in his natural game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just didn't work. I never felt like he was a Premier League player. I always felt like he was better in a league like La Liga or maybe uh, Serie A. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I thank him for his service, man. I think there's been some brilliant moments. If you have a look at some highlights videos, you'll see some of the little tricks and little flicks and the, the, the genius of this man, the ideas, the speed of thought and the techers to pull everything off. Brilliant. Like, yeah. I haven't seen stuff like that. Honestly, I don't think I've seen stuff like that. We've seen brilliant players at Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't think I've seen what he's done. He's brought something unique to the football club. But unfortunately, it was just the period that he was hearing, the players that he, he had around him. It just it wasn't what he had at Real Madrid, was it? No, no, um, no. So we weren't able to get the best yeah, out. Absolutely right. But, and I, if I can, I think I think how definitely, definitely, um, you know, it hit it right there on the nail. I thought as if... So recently, um, um, Arsenal when um, you know he was asked about Ozil, it's very interesting because he said what you know most of us fans have been saying for years is that Arsenal were unable to build a team around him. Mm-hmm. And for me, that really is, is the is the that really is the key thing. You know, I know mm-hmm. people tend to you know really go you know hammer and tongs um, at Ozil, but if you look at it. We've never built a team around him to really get the best out mm-hmm. of him. And it just yeah. and if you have the likes of Arsenal Wenger, you know, who's come out and said that. So it tells you that. And I think also the way that he is actually the way he's actually um you know leaving the club, for me, it's it's an absolute mess on Arsenal's mm-hmm. part. Arsenal have mm-hmm. behaved disgraceful and it's been disgusting. It's been it's been poor. I mean, if we go back to some of the reports as to why he he has been, you know, um, frozen out of the club is because of the you know it's because of various the political reasons yeah. exactly because if for a club to take a political stance on a player that for me screams a lot because essentially what you are saying is as a player as a human being you can't you you don't have a voice if 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 you dare speak of something that that goes against us that's going to go against us, you know, making, you know, uh, um, uh, making money. Therefore, yeah. you know, we're going to treat this way. And I, so just, just the whole, you know, all of it, it's just nasty personally. I think Arsenal should be embarrassed, you know. That's not, as a club, how Arsenal operate. And we should never, ever gotten, you know, to this stage. Also should be able to leave gracefully. You know, he's been a, he's been a wonderful servant. Cool. No, I agree. Like he's been here for seven and a half years. Some of the things that are being said about him, like he's it's it's difficult, right? Like you we gave him the contract. So if he wants to sit down and take it, it's 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 kind of on us. I think Arsenal need to just accept a lot more responsibility for this, take some ownership and accountability, and then we kind of move on. If this guy comes in, this this Richard Garlic guy, and he does what he should do, then we won't we won't be in this position moving forward. And ideally, hopefully, we'll never have to kind of deal with a saga like this again. But yeah, there's been massive failings with the club. Um, just to quickly move on to our final story. Um, there's a Pele documentary that's due to be coming out um, very, very, very soon. Um, I know this is Kyle's story, but I'm going to start with Ryan because I know, Ryan, you've got a really strange relationship with Pele. Like, so, <laughs> I don't, I is, don't is rate something... Pele. Yeah. <laughs> I don't rate Pele. I'm sorry, he came up at a time where he was playing ball against a man who would 
drinking ten pints for the game. It's it's, it's dead. <laughs> so so you don't so you don't rate so you don't rate George Best then. Them man like George Best and those guys. You don't think they're George any Best good? Is cool. George Best is so cool. So how's but, Pele any different from George Best? Didn't they play in the same era? He is. But here's the thing: the goals that he scored were against. I don't know his kids in the back garden. Pele, so you're talking about the Brazilian league. You're saying the Brazilian league is the reason why you don't really rate Pele then, because he was playing in that league, right? No, 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 no. I'm, I mean, the amount of goals that he scored, the, the idea that he is the best ever, and the idea that he, um, the, 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 the club he used to play for, and him personally trying to protect his goals record, okay. when really a bunch of his goals were scored in friendlies. It's like they they tried to maintain this this uh, illusion that he was the best the, the best ever player when he was lapped by Maradona in my opinion lapped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think this kind of this disrespect we give Pele needs to kind of been drawn back drawn back a little man. Give him give him praise for what he did back in the day. Cool, he did what he could with what he had, but I'm kind of sick of seeing him around, man. Sorry, man. Hold on, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Cal the final word on this because this is I know this is Doc. I'm not gonna lie. Cal, Cal, you're having a final. I don't really have a whole lot. I don't really have a whole lot to say. To be fair, my my opinion is different to Ryan. You know, I respect Pele as a legend and and what he's done in the game. Um, And uh, the documentary is going to be interesting. It's it's put together by Netflix. You know, if you've seen the documentaries that Netflix have been doing, um, you know that they they really know how to make a good production. Yeah. or release actually, because it might be an independent production company that puts it together and then they pitch it to Netflix and Netflix say, yep, we're going to take that. Um, but, you know, if you look at the one that um, that Nicholas and Elka had on Netflix recently, that was really quality. Really quality. Mm. quality. Damn, that, that was fantastic. One of the best <laughs> you have seen, mm. man. Nelka's that guy. I love Nelka. Come on. Come on, Cole. <laughs> So yeah, you'd hope you'd hope that this Pele documentary is going to be on the same level on, on that as that. And if it's anywhere near as good, it's going to be a good watch. So um, looking forward to that. Yeah, no. Nah. To be fair, he is a he is he is a legend. Um, maybe not everyone's legend, but we can still call mm-hmm. him a legend. Um, and that marks the end of another legendary episode. Um, Life Unit guys, Nate, Manny, thank you so much for joining us again, man. It's just such such blessings and energy when you guys jump on. So just thank you so much. Oh, guys, plug your socials as well, please, so everyone knows the, uh, where to find you. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, if you if if you're on a gram or two on Facebook, just search Life Unit. That's where we are right now. You'll find us there, man. You'll find myself and Nate, um, giving you um, insight into our training um, regime, lifestyle, everything. Um, Get involved and stay healthy. Oh, um, Ryan, anything else from the blue corner of um, West London? No, man, everyone, uh, keep wearing your masks, uh, stay healthy, take care of the people around you, check in on your friends, and um, trust in your manager. <laughs> I like that. Cal, any, Cal, anything more from the red corner of North London? No, I just, I just hope that. Um, Ryan practices what he preaches over there and starts <laughs> trusting <laughs> Frank Lampard. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's it, man. Just be good, everybody. Be good to yourselves and be good to everybody around you too. Yeah, definitely. Um, big shout out to Ben, who's not with us this week, but he'll be back very, very soon. This has been the Play On Podcast. Remember, you can find us on um, Instagram at Podcast Play On. You can also find us at Beer Rap and Bants on Instagram as well. I've been Ash. I've been Cal. Ryan's been here. Life, you know, um, been here. 
Come on. And yeah, guys, have a great week. Peace. Love.